Our story ends in the year 1983, but it begins in 1976, when Subaraya Productions, best known in the West as creating the Ultraman television series, began a three-series arc aptly dubbed the Dinosaur Trilogy on television. The first of the trilogy would be a program called Dinosaur Expedition Born Free, done in a style titled Ritai Anime, which means three-dimensional animation. The style involved animated the human sequences and using models slash puppets for the action. Unlike the other two entries in the trilogy, Born Free added stop-motion animation to the mix, animating the dinosaurs occasionally. Last episode, we discussed the fact that Rankin-Bass thought that Subaraya was going to utilize stop-motion for the dinosaur effects in The Last Dinosaur. Given that this was airing in 1976, this is most likely the cause for that confusion. In fact, the stop-motion effects for the show Born Free was done by Hiroshi Tabata, who worked extensively with Rankin-Bass on their holiday specials. The original trilogy continued on after Born Free until 1979. In 1982, the sequel series, Dinosaur Great War Eisenberg, was made into a compilation film by Associates Entertainment International, called Attack of the Super Monsters. This means that AEI took the first few episodes of a TV series, sloppily edited them together with an English dub, and released it as a movie straight to VHS. We'll be talking about that film next week. Two years later, in 1984, AEI released Return of the Dinosaurs, which was cobbled together from the aforementioned Born Free. Why they decided to use the sequel series before they used the original show is a mystery, as the effects work done for Born Free was nearly 10 years old at the point of the release of this version. Return of the Dinosaurs is a baffling film one which has a clear endpoint and decides to tack on one more episode of content. The plot for the film involves around an asteroid nearly colliding with the Earth. The asteroid narrowly misses, but it causes catastrophe in its wake. Rising oceans, volcano explosions, and an earthquake that somehow brings the dinosaurs back to the planet? The opening footage of the film looks like it may have been lifted from the movie Gorath, but it is difficult to tell. Regardless, the idea of the Earth nearly escaping worldwide destruction is very similar. Gorath, however, does not end with the rebirth of the dinosaurs. In Return of the Dinosaurs, the habitats of the new dinosaurs are rapidly dying off and it is up for the humans to relocate the dinosaurs from their dying environment to a new island that they can live on. A similar thing occurs in the latest Jurassic Park film. However, it's in the reverse, as a natural disaster causes the humans to take the dinosaurs off an island intending to put them into the mainland. The credits for this film are hard to narrow down because IMDb says one thing whilst the actual film says another. According to IMDb, the film was overseen by Akira Tsuburaya, and as such gives him the credit of being the director. However, the film itself credits a man by the name of Larry Smith. It is an educated guess as this does not appear on any of his credits anywhere, But this Larry Smith is likely the same man who has credits in the animation world from the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla show all the way up to the modern Simpsons. Smith has gone through a number of jobs throughout the animation industry and it seems likely he was chosen. For the film Attack of the Super Monsters, AEI hired Tom Weiner who was in the world of animation as a director and also worked with Hanna-Barbera, so it seems logical that they would have followed suit and hired a similar animator in the Hanna-Barbera world. Credited screenwriter is Gail March, a writer with only one other script to their name, a movie called Necromancy by Burt I. Gordon. 
who Gale was a co-writer on. According to the AFI website, the movie got re-released in 1983 by AEI on home video under the new title The Witching. Aside from those brief snippets of information, there appears to be no other work by Gail March, and not even their gender can be verified from my research. Effects supervisor for the original TV series and the film was Koichi Takano, who worked on a number of Ultraman series throughout the years and directed episodes of one of my favorite Japanese tokusatsu shows, Super Robot Red Baron. Haruki Kawashima was a director of animation. Kawashima worked on a number of classic anime, most famously an iconic early hero of Japanese animation titled Ape Man. It was also a very early project of Sunrise Studios, an animation company which would become recognizable worldwide in 1979 with the release of the original Mobile Suit Gundam. The dinosaur breakdown for this episode is a bit of a cheat. In 1976, a fossil of Taniwasaurus, a type of mosasaur, was found by paleontologist Kyuko Murumoto. The discovery of this creature was said to be the impotence for the beginnings of Tsuburaya's dinosaur trilogy, as it was at the time billed as the first carnivorous dinosaur discovered in Japan. And at the end of the original series of Born Free, Taniwasaurus made an appearance as the final big bad. The issue was they identified it as being a more Allosaurus creature in design, not a Mosasaur, which is a marine reptile. So its depiction on the show was incredibly unscientific. The skull was deemed a Japanese national monument and can now be found at the Mikasa City Museum in Japan. The Taniwasaurus was first discovered in New Zealand in 1874 and was named after a Maori legend. The teeth are mostly in the rears of its jaw, which is theorized to be due to the fact that it would potentially ram its prey. It is estimated to be between 6 and 12 meters in length and is very similar to other Mosasaur species. And that, my friends, is the behind the scenes. Now, let's break into it with my illustrious guest, Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing today? I am doing okay, I will say, because I didn't watch uh, this film today. Had I watched it, I might, I'd still be good, but I'd be a lot more confused than I am uh, with it uh, a couple days in my past. Yeah, this is, um, let's just say, a very, very bizarre cultural artifact, which uh, actually ends up being weirdly important to just a whole bunch of things, because it's just like one of these weird early stepping stones in a lot of careers, um, but not in the version that we know it, right? Because it, it, it's one of those things where somebody, you know, they you take a show in Japan, and then you just take... The first four episodes. Like, I honestly, it just seemed like they just took the first four episodes of the show um, and just were like, hey, you know what? Um, we're just not going to, like, do anything to edit this. We're just going to cut out the credits, cut out the opening credits, do a terrible voiceover. Like, the dubbing is 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 hilarious, but it's, like, hilarious in a very bad way um, yep. because it's... it's borderline nonsensical for most of the time um and uh just were like yeah we're just gonna release it straight to video um this happened quite a bit um and the other ones that are of this nature are actually much more famous this is the one that's kind of been lost to time a little bit uh i say time time of the apes is another uh is another version of this um and that was covered like extensively on like uh, mystery science theater um, there was a movie that we're going to talk about next week, which is Contact of a Super Monster, and they covered that on Riff Tracks, and it just seems like this is uh, the one that was kind of in that vein that just kind of slipped through the cracks, and nobody really talks about it. Um, doing research for this was, I would say, borderline uh, impossible. Uh, I have uh, many books on Japanese pop culture and Japanese movies of this ilk and 
this uh, movie was literally more than a footnote in most of them. So um, it was it was interesting. But but Alex, what was it like having no context for this film? Yeah, I'm uh, you know, I'm in in no way am I as versed in the world of, uh, you know, kaiju or or uh, Ultraman style stuff or even even anime like I'm I'm on the periphery of all that i've seen the the best of the stuff i haven't uh delved into the uh the worst of the stuff and i wouldn't even necessarily say this is the worst of the stuff the the dub was 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 awful and the way they try and cut this together was was bad yeah but you know you could say the same thing about uh what they did to to nausicaa or or similar anime properties in the 80s where they just butchered them and hacked them up and made them into some weird movie. Uh, Nausicaa is by no means bad. I don't think uh, Dinosaur Expedition Born Free, if uh, is that the correct title of the show? Yes. Yes. I don't think it is necessarily bad. It's 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 a neat idea where I, I don't think I've ever seen in one show stop motion combined with almost like marionation like a jerry anderson style show like uh thunderbirds or um supercar uh mixed with traditional animation uh because usually studios that do those other than say rankin bass are not the same studio um so i will say yeah the the version we got over here was laughable and weird and bad but I could see why people might have um, like a happy nostalgia for this show if you just watched twenty minutes of a twenty minutes of it at a time week to week instead of watching four episodes haphazardly cut together into a nonsensical movie that has bizarre pacing uh, and makes. I fell asleep watching it four times. And I kept having to like double check, like, is that part that I dreamed or was that part of the show? And it was always part of the show. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Thunderbirds and like Jerry Anderson type uh, type properties. And those would eventually get movies, but they get proper movies. Because if you watch the Thunderbirds movies, uh, it's not just an extended episode of the TV show. They did things differently and they have like a story that runs throughout. Whereas these ones, they had like, this was obviously just, you would, it's so clearly just designed to be a television series um i was kind of uh i thought of it was like i was kind of like at first i was kind of like okay so we have this like recurring um you know brontosaurus and the, the baby um so i guess that's like the thing that they are like kind of like constantly almost getting throughout the entire series maybe like and that's why all of their like armor and and uh, logos are all weirdly this brontosaurus a long neck sauropod design um but no they 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 get it like an hour in the movie and then i was like oh okay i guess it's like a short movie i guess the movie's over wow it kind of actually went by a little quicker than i thought and then i like go go to like stop it and i was like oh wait uh 20 more minutes there's there's 20, 20 more minutes of this movie and uh lo and behold uh yes yes there was 20 more minutes and it was uh I have no idea. It was no idea. I have no idea because it just, it goes from one, um, Alex, did you realize they were in the Amazon at first? No, like, no, like, sorry, the characters are in the Amazon or, or they filmed this in the Amazon with the miniatures or, or no, I, I, I am confused. (laughs) So, so when we, when we get to the, the, the coda, which is that 20 minutes, that final 20 minutes, they go to Australia. They specifically mention Australia to get. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. But but when they get there, they're like, ah, oh, this is different than when we were in the Amazon catching those other dinosaurs. And I was like, w- w- wait, what? And so apparently the first like hour of this movie actually takes place in the Amazon. That's so weird that they would keep that line in or because this is all a dub 
Like you could have written it to make whatever sense you want. It's weird. They would throw that line in because yeah, no point in the search for the, 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 the brontosaurus or, or whatever it was. Uh, um, at no point during that was it like, oh yeah, no, the other stuff from the Amazon. I'm assuming when it was a show, it would be sort of almost like a travel log where it's like, oh, this week we're going to, or almost like a, a Godzilla King of the Monsters, like, oh, and then this monster or this dinosaur has popped up in this weird location of the Earth. So like, this is an excuse for us to use our submarine ship. This is an excuse for us to use our 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 blimp ship. Inexplic inexplicably called Carry Donkey. <laughs> and I thought maybe that was like a weird dub or something, but no, written in English on the side of the blimp, uh, whatever you'd like to call that f airship, it says Carry Donkey. Right, but okay, if you're making the, the dub, you don't need to have it be Carry Donkey, right? Like, I don't think the amount... I don't think I would have looked at what was on the side of the, like, because Born Free, you're like, it's constantly in your face, yes, right? Like, it's with, in the shot constantly. Yeah, always, always. Carry Donkey is there, but you ha you do have to be looking. And like, this was released on like VHS, and the only reason it survives at all, because it's got no other transfers and no other porting of any kind was due to um, the, someone just uploaded the 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 tape to youtube uh and and it's surprisingly good quality but it's still a tape from the 80s that has clearly been watched a few times um but um so it wasn't like it was in high quality and you would like instantly see carry donkey but i guess they just wanted to stick with it because they continue to go with like they call they call like helicopters carry birds which i noticed okay. i was like okay because they say that in the dub and then what was up with the super shark? At one point, they release a shark, like a, a shark robot, into, uh, into the the river or whatever. I guess it's the Amazon, the Amazon rainforest river, apparently, uh, to find the brontosaur. Uh, I'm saying brontosaurus because they literally all kept going, the baby brontosaurus, it's a brontosaurus. Yeah. Um, um, which we, we actually, in the first episode of the show, we've actually kind of uncovered that it is now a not dinosaur again. So the brontosaur is back in. You don't have to be mad about the brontosaur being a fake, fake, fake news dial, but. Right, right. Um, it doesn't live under the water though. Like it's not an aqua aquatic dinosaur. Like it doesn't just chill at the bottom of the ocean. And just... Yeah. It, it seemed like the weirdest excuse for them to, uh, to use their their submarine model that they had made because i from what i read of of people who've seen episodes of the the original show each week was sort of like oh like this new dinosaur we're going after and they did sort of like a greatest hits like oh this week is stegosaur this week is uh tyrannosaur this week is whatever so with brontosaurus it's like man like are we ever going to get to any sort of aquatic one and it's like well I guess you could say Brontosaurus is aquatic. It's like it's got the long neck. Maybe it like, maybe it walks under the water. I don't know. And like, it's just like, sure, yeah, we'll go for it. We we really got to use this submarine model. Like, you know, we we've been dying to get this in an episode. Super Shark, by the way. Super yes. Super Shark. They keep saying it. Yes. I wonder. So this is seventy six. So I would have to look because that might just be because Jaws just came out. Right. Okay. Like, cause you know, cause it seems like this is a show that's definitely like a reactionary show. Cause like yeah. it, it, dinosaurs are kind of getting back on pop culture because of some recent, recent discoveries. So that's why they kind of went through the whole thing. Um, and then I guess maybe the jaws being out is why they have a, a super shark submarine because you know, the carry birds don't look like a bird. If anything, it kind of looks more like a bug almost because it's got like these big eyes almost. So you could look at it. Carry donkey does not resemble a donkey. And I don't think born free would fit on the American highway system. So it doesn't really exist. No. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it, I will say born free itself is a cool looking like, like tank carrier hybrid thing that has other stuff like like thunderbird style that goes in the back or launches at the top like the toys that would have been sold of this uh are really cool and 
it's funny to look at the the dinosaurs in the stop motion because one I don't I I can't you know verify the source. It was some guy's review I was reading earlier, but he had said that I guess the company that that made this the, I don't know what, did you say it was the people who had, had worked on Ultraman? Yeah, Subaraya Productions. Yeah. So I guess they had been criticized for some of their dinosaur creatures in their things for just being like a dude in a suit, for right. just the anatomy of it. It's like. You you can't make a stegosaur, you can't just make it like two guys in a suit, like 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 in a donkey costume or something. Like you can't just constantly adapt everything so that a man can wear a suit of it. So I, from what I have read, that's why they went stop motion dinosaur with this because they were like, look, we need to show that we can do dinosaurs that look like dinosaurs, not men in suits. But they still wanted to use miniatures and models, so that's why they had to combine the two so that it wouldn't just be a guy in a suit walking around, you know, being chased by miniatures and having to do forced perspective. It's like, well, what if we just did stop motion, but instead of having to worry about stop motion tiny people around these stop motion tiny dinosaurs and models, it makes more sense to animate them. Which, like, I, it's it's weird that it kind of works. I mean, it it doesn't and it does. It's so bizarre to watch because it does feel like if you had told me this was three shows that they somehow cut together, I'd have believed you. But the fact that it is one show with three drastic design differences is kind of neat. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. I heard that the another reason why they didn't do uh, live action is because I think they that all the suits like uh sorry and all the the actual physical sets they had were all pretty much full like they were in production on on other works so they actually didn't have the the means to just have a staff and just like have cutaway shots like they were in like Ultraman or or whatever because I guess uh I guess they were, the productions were so busy at this time they didn't actually have the means. So they just, you know, they had like, you know, the, the suits and they had, they put, they had like a, an area to do the special effects, but they didn't have one to do the live action. So I guess that kind of happens. And, uh, and it's funny because the, the trilogy, trilogy of shows kind of devolves because it goes from, from this to the next, uh, the next show, which is uh dinosaur, uh, war based on dinosaur war Eisenberg. Uh, that was also made into the thing, but Dinosaur War Eisenberg, they just go back to suits. They just go back entirely to suits, even like reusing um, the main villain of that is a reused suit from uh, the the movie The Last Dinosaur. So they at this point, they just kind of gave up after the show on doing stop motion at all and just went back to suits. Uh, but they still had animation. Um, and then the third show drops the animation. And was just kind of it just felt like uh, you know normal Ultraman esque thing with the, the dinosaur. So it's a very weird trilogy, and apparently it's also um, at least like the first two series are very continuity based. Like this show, the way that it ends leads right into the next show. Um, so it it's, it really was a tri- trilogy, and it was it wasn't just a thematic th- trilogy. It was an actual trilogy. Uh, I found it crazy that there was stop motion because I know that stop motion is an insanely um, time time and it is a very time inducing process. Like it takes a lot of time to accomplish stop motion because uh, if you look at uh, old Harryhausen, like Ray Harryhausen films, it would take like uh, six months to film all the live action and a year to animate. Um, now, of course, uh, you know, to be frank, this is not Harryhausen animation or up to that style and up to that quality, but this is on a TV budget. Like, that's amazing. On a TV, Japanese TV budget, they managed to get um, some pretty cool stop motion. Like, you know, I, I have seen Hollywood movies, and we will talk about Hollywood movies that have worse stop motion than this. So, there, there is uh, something to be applauded. I think uh, of all the creatures in this show, uh, I think the baby looks the best um, just because it has like these big expressive eyes and it blinks and it like, 
Uh, you know, I guess it was smaller, so it might have been easier. But it had, like, you know, it was wrapped in vines and stuff. So the the baby bron- brontosaur probably is the one that looks the best. But, you know, to, to do any of this on a TV budget and a TV time scale, uh, I just find absolutely insane. That's true. That is something that watching it as a movie, you don't really stop and think like, no, 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 this wasn't a movie. This was a, a, a 26 episode show that was made for Japanese TV. Like it wasn't made for export. It wasn't made for anything other than just airing on Japanese TV. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's king. And I think that's also why we get weird things like Carrie donkey and born three, because it, it was obviously not made with an international audience in mind. I mean, especially because it was going off of very Japanese trends at the time. Um, but in Japan, they will occasionally be like, Oh, these two words sound cool. Let's just throw them together. Like these English words sounds cool. We'll just throw them in our, throw them in a shot song or throw them on a, on a umbrella or something. And just, you know, just have it be. And I mean, uh, we don't realize this, but our culture, we do a lot of the same things with Japanese or Chinese or, uh, you know, different types of, uh, languages from other countries. We, we also just go, Oh, this looks cool and slap it on something, even though it doesn't mean a lot of the times what we think it means. So uh, I think Born Free and Carrie Donkey is just a victim of that idea. Yeah. And then, um, so I guess, like you mentioned, the, 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 the natural disasters befall Earth. Uh, the, the asteroid goes past and yeah, the earthquake causes the, the Earth's crust to open up. And when the Earth's crust opens up, like almost like, you know, uh, uh, something rises up from underneath with all the dinosaurs alive on it. But they make a point of saying like, oh, as Earth's atmosphere like starts to change back or correct itself, the dinosaurs are starting to die. Like they show some of them become skeletons and die. Uh, and they they establish like, OK, so. We need to go around and rescue these dinosaurs and take them to, is it Sauron Island or something? I, uh, I have no idea. I have so they, many questions they, yeah, about that. They, they, they decide they need to round up these dinosaurs and take them to this one island, which is essentially Jurassic Park, uh, Isla Sorna or Isla Nubla or whatever. Uh, they need to take them to this island so that they can uh, be safe because where they sprung up, after these natural disasters um, cannot sustain their life. So that's the conceit of the show and that uh, a, a, a doctor man in charge, Dr. Michaels of Japan uh, creates a dinosaur patrol who are George Collins, uh, Reggie Sanford, uh, who is the woman. Um, yep. Alan Gunser. Or Wrench, uh, he's the mechanic. Chuck Olson, who's the uh, the the bumbling dude who I think uh, cries and like a lot. And Josh Michaels, the uh, child, and the dog named Bernie. Of course, um, you gotta have the dog in there. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, it's better than Chim Chim, uh, but. You know, the, the he is very. They do have a very spritle and chim chim, uh, you know, feeling about them. They aren't. They aren't as bad, uh, you know, as as spritle and chim chim were on Speed Racer. But they do seem to be the ones where it's like, oh no, they they wandered off and got in trouble. Like, uh, I guess maybe this is the time to talk about how uh, the little boy, um. Yeah, little boy Josh gets attacked by a bunch of tentacles in what was like a very, really weird scene for this to pop up like partway through. And I'm like, where is this movie going? Because all the stuff I've seen with weird viney tentacle stuff is it's it's only going to get weirder from here. And luckily it, it it is just like, no, it's it's a it's a way for us to we have to animate something that is going to be a danger because we can't have it just be like, oh, the dinosaur's going to step on him because that's too hard to like work the models with the stop motion with the animation. All of their perils that befall the characters have to be animated. 
So they're like, oh, cool, let's just do these these viney tentacles. But it was very weird. Yeah, I was uh, worried about that. I was like, oh, what what's going on here? Um, because, uh, you know, that is not a like that. That is like the t- tentacles in Japanese culture is like not a new thing by any stretch. Right. So it's it's been something that that gate dates back to like ancient Japan with like, you know, there with a lot of like there's a lot of octopus erotica, way old octopus erotica. Um, yes. But uh, also, I mean, to be fair, that is kind of a trope where a character gets like wrapped in vines, but it's just like. knowing um you know knowing the culture and like the extent by you know that it it happens is like a was a little troubling but i was like oh okay like this is going on a while right like i was like oh okay it just just kept going yep you're like and i was like oh let's cut back to him screaming and you're like oh okay and he's like oh now now the baby dinosaur is trapped in it too and i'm like uh uh, okay uh <laughs> yeah not not it, helping here anywhere but okay no uh i will say though josh i think has the uh best dialogue in the movie <laughs> because he he talks to uh the lady reggie and says like oh do you know about my parents and he says both my parents are scientists but now they're dead <laughs> <laughs> and does like and now they're dead and now they're dead. It's such a it's such a out of left field. Like it's it's like you know like oh well we have to get this continuity in here and this is the only way we can do it. So let them know that they're dead. And I'm like uh I mean okay that's a choice I guess we yeah. could do that again. They could have. This is a dub where you can make the kid say anything you want to say. Obviously he looks distressed in the shot, but he could just be like the dog ate my snack like. You can make him say whatever. Why are you trying to establish that his parents are dead? It adds nothing in the context of this movie. Maybe in the context of a 26-episode show, it makes sense. Right. Or you could have just, like, if you were going to drop it, you could have just dropped it in the character introductions. Like, and they took on this orphan from their first mission, blah, 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 or whatever, right? Like, you know, it would have been been incredibly easy to just uh, add that little bit in but not in that scene because of that scene it's hilarious because it has no reason for for anything um and it just pops up uh two i love dogs they're great i don't think i would ever take a dog dinosaur hunting i just don't i don't think that there would be any help from the dog in dinosaur hunts no and he uh the only way he helps is when Josh gets captured, Bernie runs and gets Reggie to be like, Mark, Mark, oh no, is Josh in trouble? Like, that's the only thing that uh, Bernie does. Um, but yeah, besides the weird uh, tentacle vine thing and all that, uh, yeah, the first dinosaurs we see are the brontosaur and uh, brontosaurus and its baby. And the brontosaurus baby does have those big, you know, expressive eyes and everything. The brontosaurus mom uh, just seems, you know, like a grumpy stop motion dinosaur. And then they have them fight. Is it uh, an allosaurus? Yeah, yeah. They just randomly like throw in an allosaur. And I, I was I was I was happy that it was like a it was like a red allosaurus because now we yeah. have like a red allosaurus. And then in the Valley of guanji which is the harryhausen movie there's a purple allosaurus so like i just hope there's like a like an entire rainbow so next next year's pride flag can just be different allosauruses just like hanging out (laughs) 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 but it just uh you know it's a random i think i guess they they did normally kind of like especially in that that era it was more it was more like yeah there's red dinosaurs and then there's green dinosaurs like that was the main dinosaur color because wasn't the the t-rex and we're back which is like two decades down the line but that guy was red right uh yeah red or orange yeah yeah so so i guess that's kind of what they what they do for uh meat eaters that they want to kind of be lovable i mean well i guess they didn't really want to make the allosaurus stuff lovable because he's supposed to be kind of fierce but nobody yeah like people's family are dead but nobody dies like nobody actually dies in 
the movies. There's no people to save, right? Like, so they, they're kind of like saving the dinosaurs and saving themselves. So it's yeah. got a, kind of this like childhood innocence about it um, for the first half, right? Because again, like it's all pretty, we'll get into the, that final final batch, but it's all pretty clear cut at, at that start because, you know, they have to uh, fight fight off the allosaur and make sure the allosaurus doesn't kill the baby or like uh, or hurt the brontosaurus so they they have to catch him first and throw him on the island before they get them so it was actually like kind of like a nice i think it was like a you know uh, it was either two episodes or like three episode arc it's hard to tell with how they how they edit this because i'm not sure if it's like if it's like three episodes that they edited and they added padding from different episodes, like if the first episode they like kind of like cut up a little bit or whatever. Um, I mean, I guess probably I'm giving them too much credit. It was probably just a clear one to one to one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it it was a nice little arc, right? Like if I was watching, because, you know, normally when they start, start off a show, they usually do have like a two episode arc of something. So, I mean, that that, yeah. that makes sense from that that perspective. Did you did you think it was going to end at that point? Like, were you or, or were you probably pretty aware of the time? It sounds like considering how many times I, I was asleep. pausing it and unpausing it a couple times being like, how is there more? Like, this seems like the story. Like, where are you going with this? Because we had. You had the Brontosaurus was episode one. Then you had the Allosaurus was episode two. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like Brontosaurus isn't there. And that's like, oh, and then we've gone back and we're going to get the Brontosaurus. I'm like, okay, cool. And that's when I thought it was over after like that three episode part. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like you get the full story with the Brontosaurus. It did interact with the Allosaurus. So like it was a through line. And then, yeah, once you establish the last part where we meet the hunter guy. Uh, oh, my God. Where he's, I, he, I assume he's the villain. Like, I haven't done a lot of research in yeah, the show. F- from what I understand, he's the villain. Okay, so he is kind of yeah. like the villain. Yeah. That he's makes sense. the big bad of the show where he constantly is just trying to beat them to uh, the dinosaurs because uh, he is a... A, a big game hunter where he's successfully hunted a lion, a rhino, a cheetah, a giraffe, and a panda. And he wants to make sure that he can get himself a dinosaur head because it'll be the biggest head that he can mount on the wall. And his plan is that he's going to kill the dinosaur with a rifle and cut its head off with a chainsaw <laughs> with a chainsaw and like you know we get a, like a cut to a chainsaw it's like a f- image of a chainsaw and they're like they're talking about it and i'm like whoa this just entered a whole different show right like if you were to tell me that all of a sudden we we went to an entirely different series for this final episode other than the fact that it's so clearly the same characters uh, i would kind of understand because it's just such a weird change in ideas and and the way that it's it's structured because this dude has like a tank which he doesn't like it looks like there are like things he uses he can use to fire you know fire uh, missiles from the tank but you know he doesn't use the tank for that other than like a sleeping pill yeah that so i don't know if that was just i'm assuming that's how they explain it in the original show but in the dub they just they keep shooting the dinosaurs they they show a bullseye like you see the the bullseye view aiming at the dinosaurs and they shoot them with clearly not bullets but they keep saying that it's it's like sleeping tablets or super sleeping tablets or whatever that or or sleeping bombs or whatever they are that they need to keep shooting at the dinosaurs to make them fall asleep so that they can bring in carry donkey Carrie Donkey can open up, put the dinosaur inside, and then carry the the dinosaur to its uh, the the protective island. But yeah, the the they do just they keep showing bullseyes. They keep showing the one character guy be like and trying to to shoot the dinosaurs to make them fall asleep. And they keep talking about like oh. This dinosaur has a different metabolism than the other ones, so that's why it woke up so fast. And, like, they go so into the weird science of these sleeping bullets or whatever that I guess both sides have that, yeah, the hunter guy wants to use. Because, yeah, the last dinosaur we should mention, I guess the only reason I could see them wanting to do it is, like, 
you have to include the T-Rex. Like, if people are going to watch the show, they want T-Rex, and, like, T-Rex is the final dinosaur that we see. So, like, it doesn't make sense at all to have this episode tacked on, except to exploit the fact that it's the T-Rex episode, and it includes the bad guy. Right. I guess that 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 does make that does make sense. Um but it, you know, yeah, I I thought that the Australian landscape was always trying to kill you before. Now, I know you have to deal with random, you know, quicksands. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> and every and dinosaurs running about, a T-Rex like a, a lonely T-Rex. Like one of the weirdest things about this show is that it's like very isolated, right? Like they go to these areas and there's like nothing. Like what is a yeah. T-Rex doing in the desert? I guess it just got th- thrown there because of the the asteroid basically and it rose up from the ground. But there's like no other, you know, cuz in in when they were in the quote unquote Amazon, at least there was like a a prehistoric kind of world about it and the Allosaur showed up. So it could be like, "Oh, okay, there's kind of an ecosystem and you can kind of see that the ecosystem is dying." But in this one it's just like a, a Tyrannosaurus is like, "How the hell did I end up in the desert? I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, I'm falling down a hole. Ah, help me." <laughs> right? Like it's like there's no, there's like nothing to anchor that creature there. It did seem really random. The only thing it makes me think of is in that in the weird intro, they do sort of mention like, "Oh, they came up from under the ground and they were in their own habitat. But once the comet uh, meteor passed, then all of the wildlife around them started to die and then they died. So my, the way I took it was that this T-Rex is like the last living dinosaur in that area of Australia because he ate all the other dinosaurs after all their uh, landscape disappeared. And that's why it's all full of like sinkholes and, and, and quicksand and everything but at the same time because they only introed that in quickly in the intro and then they don't as much as they spend dumb time on like these characters shouting stupid things they could they could have added a line being like oh wow i can't believe australia looks like this now and the the, the guy could have been like oh yeah i mean you know a year ago when we first found the dinosaurs this was a a, a beautiful oasis and and now it has it has just fallen apart and blah blah because yeah like it doesn't make any sense except for the fact that maybe it's like well we've got this tiny desert model let's just use that and say it's australia and we can get away with whatever we want yeah it's like hey hey, i got my i got my kid's sandbox okay he's you know he's, he's at a sleepover let's just get this done okay um because yeah because other than that like it just didn't make any any sense um, oh, I, I guess we didn't, we didn't class, we didn't really get into the island because it seems like, so in the island before, before I got, do they, do we see them drop the T-Rex off on the island? No, because at the end of the episode, we see the helicopter or, or carry donkey flying away. And then they were like, oh no, there's an alert. And I'm like, are we never going to see this island? Like, I want to see the island with the dinosaurs, but yeah, cause no, we, we get like a brief, them we get constantly. a brief snippet of it. But it seems like it's going to it doesn't seem like there's any way of separating the dinosaurs. So it just seemed like they stopped the Allosaur and the Brontosaur and the baby from fighting. And then they just move them all to this other island. They say that they feed the, the Allosaur. They're like, oh, yeah, you know how much meat an Allosaurus eats? Oh, that's insane. And they, they like they feed the, the they're feeding them. Right. But. It's still in the same environment as the baby and the mom that Allosaur is definitely going to hunt it. I have cats and they are well fed. They are well fed fat cats. If they see like a mouse or a bug, they're still going to eat it because they're cats and they're animals and they're going to hunt. So, yeah, they don't do a good job of explaining this island at all. Like if it is a Jurassic Park style place with different habitats or or anything um and then yeah the 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 bad guy it's so weird like that it's all in the last 20 minutes that yes the bad guy shows up they're having this weird fight they're they have to you know try and subdue the t-rex while also keeping the bad guy away they like they ward off the bad guy and they're like you better get away and he's like i promise i'll leave 
And then seconds later, he's like, just kidding, and goes after the T-Rex again. And then they basically knock out him and his crew. In the... F- okay, wait, wait, you're skipping it. Okay, the fu- the way that they knock him out is the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen, and I loved it so much. So the, every they're, like, sh- shooting these, like, sleep pellets. Apparently they have them. And he is not going to shoot it at the T-Rex. He's going to shoot it at them. So he's basically like, I'm going to fire the T-Rex at Born Free, and then they're going to get knocked out so I can knock off this T-Rex and steal its head with my handy-dandy chainsaw. So he fires it at them. So it's like you see it. It's like a it's like a tank missile. So you see it flying through the air. The uh, Born Free sees it, and what they do is they shoot the net gun at the uh, missile, and it somehow works to deflect the missile back into... Um, you know, the tank and yeah. puts them all asleep. And I was like, that is so stupid, but I love it so much. Like that is such this, the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but also the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm so happy seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It was, at least they, they went for it. Like, at least it was something interesting. Like I will say all the stuff they, they, they try with all these miniatures, like, I guess if I had been five when I saw this, if I had seen it as like this movie or even if I'd seen the old show, like it's got cool toyetic vehicles that get into the kind of peril. Like if you were playing with these things in your backyard where it's like, oh, no, the sinkhole opened up and we need to shoot the the went the winch so that we can like uh, pull ourselves up by the cable before we fall into this fault or whatever or before we fall into the bottom of the ocean or or whatever and like every episode seems to have like yeah they are in peril they use some little gadget on one of their things to save themselves um and then their cool vehicles have mini vehicles that come out so like it it is cut together as a movie it is real fucking dumb pardon my french but uh you know as a weekly show it might have been very fun to just see like oh these toys and these cartoon people uh just are are getting into trouble but yeah trying to make it one coherent 88 minute movie or whatever this ends up being it it just uh yeah man it does not work no because it just you know especially that last half cuz it's just the last last 20 minutes cuz it just it's just again it just almost feels like a from a complete different show um but okay so there's a lot of really great line readings and i love that so from the the start of the movie and again i guess this was dubbed by people who all clearly have like american accents but i love that they decided to make the villain a texan for no reason like i i cannot discover a reason why they would decide to be like I was a texan i'm a firing my guns and i'm gonna use it to hunt a t-rex um, and it, it seems like kind of counterintuitive to what the show is initially trying to show us because the show begins and it shows like the USSR, the America, um, you know, the, the Japan, they are all together and they're all united, um, trying to save the world and work on this joint dinosaur task force, it appears, but, um, they still go, uh, no, we got to make, uh, you know, this, this guy, uh, a villain i couldn't tell from the animation like maybe he was actually intended to be like a texan um but um I, I just did think that was kind of funny where you know it starts out with this kind of message of like unity and then it's just like ah jake and the americans still fuck, fucking things up yeah so insane so insane so insane uh, also i love at one point they the uh, before he gets like the the be- villains get rescues at at a point but it it happens uh it happens after they like fall into quicksand and their reaction to falling into quicksand with the tank is just the main villain to go oh like he just says oh <laughs> and then he like falls in and has to get rescued and i was like um okay that that was a choice i guess uh, I guess that could be said about everything in this movie. Alex, what are your final thoughts? And and would you recommend that people experience the return of the dinosaurs? 
as Return of the Dinosaurs, I would say no. Um, if you could track down episodes of Dinosaur Expedition Born Free, I would suggest doing that and jump in and watch maybe 20 minutes of it. Um, even if there's no subtitles, just for the fun of it, I would recommend that. Uh, the, the, the one thing I forgot to mention that I thought is like so insane, but I kind of loved was when they kept, uh, refer anytime they referred to time, they would cut to a static shot of a man, like a human, a real life filmed footage of a human man's wrist wearing an Omega watch with like seconds ticking by on it. Um, and the fact that it was an Omega watch, I thought was really cool because Omega's, you know, the best. Um, but sorry, getting back to the, the this movie, um, if you need to fall asleep and you are in bed and you're like, I want to watch something silly that I won't fall feel bad about falling asleep during, uh, I guess that's when I would recommend to watch this because it will for sure put you to sleep. Um, but if you actually do want to see more of these, the, the cool models and the interesting stop motion and the animation, which was like surprisingly good, uh, and by like, you know, like a known studio, I, I, I believe it was, uh, Sunrise Studios who, who did the animation. Yep. Uh, it's, it's worth, I, I would say trying to find the source material and just enjoying it for that. But I would not recommend uh, you you watch this weird uh, bastardized version, Return of the Dinosaurs. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I, I, I would say that pretty much the same thing. It's a it's a fascinating cultural artifact. And, um, you know, uh, however you slice it, there are only so many instances of stop motion dinosaurs and um, this is this is in in that ranking. Like, I mean, I think there might be at most twenty stop motion dinosaurs realized throughout cinema history, and this is one of them, for better or for worse. And I think there's a lot of good things there to see. Um, I think the dub is kind of like if you want to put this on the background at a party or something, and you have a bunch of beers with some friends. Um, it is uh, very very fun in that regard. Uh, but other than that, I would say probably you're probably better off just uh just skip skipping this one um alex where can they find more of your work on the internet you know these days um with uh the holidays around the corner um you could go search the reviews i used to write about christmas specials and that's uh Christmas special reviews.wordpress.com. Um, I'm hoping to get a few more up this year and um, post about some on, on Instagram as well. And that's at the Christmas specialist. Um, but beyond that, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at AJ Patterson, P A T T E S O N. That's where you can see where I, I post the most. Um, yeah. But Andrew, where can everybody find you? Well, you can find this podcast and me at at @winemovienerd on Twitter, or you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. And you can always, uh, you know, if you want to join us on Patreon, we have a Patreon page if you want to throw us a few bucks. Um, Thank you, and have yourself a great day. Goodbye.